planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone's having a great week. It's been a very prosperous week here for the Sustainable Success crew. We hope the same for you. Again, those that are new to Sustainable Success, again, not only can you find us on the Voice America Influencers channel, but you can also find us on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That, again, is Sustainable Success 2017. Feel free to stop by, like the page, Uh, There you can find, uh, you can listen to On Demand, many of the great guests that we've had on. Uh, So there's a wealth of information there. And again, the reason why we call it Sustainable Success 2017, because that's when the show was formed. So that being said, uh, we got a great show today. Uh, But our sponsor today is Empowered Fathers in Action. Uh, This is a 501c3 uh, organization dedicated to providing sustainable solutions to the father-son bonding process. But they even go a step further in addressing the parents and different solutions that they can provide to help them in terms of building better communication and limiting uh, beliefs that will have impact on their children. So, again, uh, you might want to check them out at empowered or excuse me, EFAMovement.org and then also EFAMovement.com. There you'll find a, a, a product that is available online that you can access 24-7, and it allows you to talk to a facilitator anytime if you're dealing with a particular issue with your child. It's a great program. Check it out. Again, Empowered Fathers in Action at efamovement.org and efamovement.com. Today's guest we're going to be talking to is a fellow named James Ranson. We're going to be talking about Turn Your Book into Sustainable Success for Your Business. And as you know, every entrepreneur business needs a book. No matter what field you're in, you need to stand out. But it's just not a book in itself. You've got to have the right book, the right you know, audience, and to have that proper communication alignment with them. So today we're going to be learning about that. But before I introduce James, I wanted to give a background about James himself. James is called the Master Wordsmith, is a Wall Street Journal bestselling editor, ghostwriter, and book coach who has helped over 200 consultants Coaches, speakers, and other thought leaders create high-quality books. Clients of his have gone on to sell thousands of books, receive book deals from publishing houses, have been featured in regional and national media outlets. In addition to his own clients, James is a writer and a book doctor for Thanet House Publishing and is on recommended professional lists for Scribe Media, formerly Book in a Box, My Word Publishing, Bright Flame Books, and Authors Unite. His second book, don't write a crappy book. Will be published on October first, twenty eighteen. So we're already past that date, guys. A graduate of the Carnegie Mellon University, James lives in Atlanta, Georgia, with his fiance and a very needy cat. Love it. Without further ado, we welcome James Ranson to the show. James, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. It's really great to be a- here. Absolutely, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, I, I can, you know, attest to having a book. I'm, I'm a published author myself, mm-hmm. uh, have an international bestseller. And, you know, at the time, you know, when I came out with that book, 
it was because I felt like I had a message that I needed to convey. I, I don't think at the time I realized how important that would be in alignment to what I was doing as a coach and a consultant, since I was coaching individuals and also consulting with organizations. And but you know, it, it just later proved how important that book served to really make a connection with my expertise. Uh, with both sides. So I wanted to talk a little bit about today about, you know, about how important it is to have a book and not just any book, but to the audience listening, talk a little bit about, you know, the importance of having a book in general and then also having the right type of book. Absolutely. So there are, there's a list about as long as my arm of things that a book can do to help your business. If you are a consultant or a trainer, uh, a book can essentially allow you to clone yourself and get your services in front of a lot more people uh, while also up-leveling the authority behind the work that you do. Uh, Same thing if you're a coach. Uh, If you're a speaker, um, the book can support everything you do both on and off stage. It can get your message into many more people's hands and it can allow people to go back and hear your message again after they've heard you on stage and, and remember the really important things that you have to share with them that'll change their lives. And if you're any kind of service provider, any kind of thought leader, any kind of uh, business owner, um, a book will allow you to present yourself and your business and the amazing work that you do at the high level of authority that should go with the quality of work that you produce. So having a book is a fantastic thing for pretty much any business that I just named and probably some that I didn't. But there's a caveat to that. Um, (laughs) And the caveat is that because a book is a business asset that's going to be around forever, that you're going to want to leverage to grow your business, you want to make sure that the book is actually good. You need to make sure that the book is actually good. And, and you know, I, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek that the title of my book is Don't Write a Crappy Book, but it is, it is accurate because the difference between a, a good book, which is a book that you're really proud of, a book that connects well to your audience, a book that had really good professional help, and, and other things like that, which we'll talk about shortly, uh, a good book will allow you to leverage it really, really well for business support and business growth. A book that you, you know, aren't that proud of, a book that doesn't have a strong connection to your audience, and a book that didn't get the help it needed is not going to be able to do that because when you try to leverage it, the people who read it are going to say, you know, this really isn't that great. This is maybe it's sloppy or maybe it doesn't speak directly to me or maybe it's just, you know, me, the author, just talking about myself for 100 pages. And, and then the audience that you want to connect with and the people that you want to serve uh, won't actually work with you or won't connect with you, and, and then your business will fall on its face. So that makes sense. So, you know, there's a lot of books out there, right? You know, you know in the last oh, yeah. 10 so plus years, I mean, you know, it seems like there's a lot of people can be authors now. You know, the, the access to become an author is a lot easier back in the day when, you know, unless you know, unless you got a publishing deal, I mean, it was virtually very. Mm-hmm. It was hard to do that. So, so that obviously opens the door that there could be a lot of books out there, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're good books. So, you know, what exactly. would be you know the process? You know, with somebody listening here that maybe hasn't written a book, they want to separate themselves as a thought leader or go-to person, perhaps in their <laughs> industry. Maybe they're a coach. 
or maybe they have written a book, but you know, for some reason, it didn't work so well the first time. What would be you know a process that you would you would recommend they go through to do that? So I'm going to go back to the three sort of big categories that I mentioned a couple minutes ago. The first thing that I would recommend is make sure that the book you're writing is one that you are really really proud of. And there's a concept I like to talk about here. Uh, in the music industry, there's this idea of a rough mix where you record something and then you just hand it out to everybody, but you're saying, ah, you know, this is a rough mix. It's not finished yet. It's not really that good, and, but, you know, take a listen to it anyway. And, and what you're doing in that situation is you are apologizing for the poor quality of your product as you're handing it out to the people you, that you want to impress with that product. So you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Um, and, and people do that with books the same way they do that with rough mixes in music. They will write a book that, you know, maybe their business isn't quite ready to support the book yet, but they feel like they're supposed to write one, so they write it anyway, and then, you know, it isn't that great. Or they're in a really, really big hurry. They're like, oh, my gosh, I have to have this book, you know, a month from now. And so they rush through it, and, and you know, as, as everybody, you know, listening to this probably knows from experience, the more you rush through something, the more mistakes you're going to make and the sloppier it's going to get and the more time you're going to have to take on the back end to fix these things. So, you know, if you're hurrying through a book, it's probably not going to turn out into being something that you're really, really proud of. Uh, so that would be the first thing that I, would yeah. that I would suggest is commit to making this book be something that you are absolutely proud of, that you feel 110% comfortable representing you and your business for the next 10 years. Now, the second thing is writing a book that really connects to your audience. And in order to do that, firstly, you need to know who your audience is. And fortunately for an ideal reader, that tends to overlap pretty closely with an ideal client. So if you've done any kind of ideal client identifying exercises, uh, that will help you very much with this. Uh, once you know who they are, you also need to know what they want. And that's the pain point that they have the pain that you solve or heal for them, the way that you make their life easier that, you, that they pay you to do. And you need to get so, so clear on that uh, so that you can write in, in a way that they feel like that you are speaking specifically to them rather than just to some nameless, nebulous audience out there that, that may or may not include them, but probably doesn't. And then the third thing that I would say is don't try to do it all yourself. I, I know as, uh, as, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, it can be very, very easy to feel like we have to wear all the hats. We have to do everything ourselves, either because no one else is going to do it for us or because it's our business and, and we have this iron grip of control over everything that happens. And, you know, that can work up to a point in some situations, but frankly, with a book, it's really going to blow up in your face because... As good as you are at running your business and as passionate as you may be about the topic of the book, you are too close to what you are writing to know what is going to need to actually become a really great book. And that is where getting really quality professional help comes in, working with a really good editor, uh, getting a good uh, designer and formatter to make it look professional. Um, if, if need be, if this was a good idea for you working with a book coach or a ghostwriter to help the material come along really well. Um, trying to do all of these things by yourself 
is going to essentially put the entire fate of the book in the hands of a beginner, which is you, and then, and then punish the beginner for not knowing everything that there's no reason that you should know. And, you know, getting really good professional help will solve that problem. So if there are only three things, and I realize there are a bunch of sub things under them, but if there are only three things to keep in mind about writing a really reliable, successful, high quality book, those are the three. Make your, make the one you're proud of, make sure it's connected to your audience and get the right professional help. Gotcha. And when you say professional help, I mean, would this be in terms of like editing, uh, copyright, that type of thing? Sure. So there's, um, there's a number of different types of professional help that a book uh, may need or that an author may need for their book. And there are two in particular that are absolutely mandatory. So, <coughs> excuse me. If you decide that you need someone to help you write the book, you can work with a book coach. If you decide that you don't have the bandwidth to write the book yourself, but you still think it's going to be important and helpful for your business, you can work with a ghostwriter who will work with you to, to do much of the writing for you. Um, if you just need an extra pair of hands uh, on some of the tasks, you can get uh, a VA or a self-publishing consultant to help you with some of the technical side, getting it up on Amazon, all of that fun stuff. And, you know, some of those things may apply and some of those things may not apply depending on you and your situation. But the two that you absolutely must have, firstly, you must have a professional designer for your cover and your interior layout because otherwise the book is just going to look amateurish. You're not an amateur. You don't want your book to make you look like one. And then the second thing that you absolutely must, must have is a good editor. Because as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, you, as good as you are and as passionate as you are and as knowledgeable and experienced as you are, you are going to be too close to your own writing to know what it needs to become the absolute best it can be. And I realize that can be a little bit hard to swallow sometimes. Sometimes there's some ego that comes into that. Sometimes there's some fear that comes into that. But when you work with a really good editor who fits really well with you, your text will improve in ways that you could not even have imagined that it would. And you will be holding this thing in your hand that says, this is exactly what I wanted to say, but better than I could have ever dreamed it would say. And, and that, that's like winning the lottery uh, with the book when, when that happens. Um, but the flip side of that is if you don't get the good editor, you will do your best. And I, I have every uh, confidence that you will do your best but there will be a gap, a, a knowledge gap between the best you can do and the really high quality, accessible, reliable information and, and transformative uh, work that your audience needs. And it is the job of the editor to start where you finish and to take the text the rest of that way so that gap isn't there when you publish the book. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I remember a lot of this when I was actually going through this process. You know, I, you know, at the time, I, I was a speaker, and I didn't really mm-hmm. consider myself to be a writer, writer. But I knew I had a lot of, you know, I had to get this message in, in, into a book because I had been speaking on it for a number of years, and you know, I had been yep. coaching people. And so, when you look at somebody that may have, like, well, I got to, you know, I, I don't know, you know, you, I, there's ghost writer, but let's say they want to write it, you know. Should they, they shouldn't like go into it, you know, trying to write it perfectly, just write to write. And you could always go back and modify it later. I think mm-hmm. that's sometimes like, that's what holds people up. Certainly. 
So perfectionism is a huge stumbling block in the writing process, and, and I, I totally, totally understand that. Um, what I like to tell the authors that I work with is there's this concept called done is better than perfect, and in 95% of cases, I absolutely hate that concept, and I can talk more about why in a little bit. But sure. for your first draft, for your very first draft, that concept is exactly what you need. The, the job of the first draft is literally to get all the ideas out of your head and put them in some kind of order. And then, and then from there, you can figure out, okay, do we really need all of them? And do they need to be in this order? And do we need to say them this way? The, the point here is you want to get things right the last time. And the best way to get things right the last time is to get them wrong the first time. Gotcha. And be okay with that. No, it makes sense. Now, I, I will. I will also say, actually, one other. I will also say, as far as done is better than perfect is concerned, it's fantastic for your first draft, and maybe your second draft. It's horrible for the entire rest of the process, and that's actually one of the objections that I have around a lot of the self-publishing teaching today is that it seems to apply done is better than perfect not just to the first draft but to the entire process of the book, and that that's a problem because. Once you get past the first couple of drafts, then you're actually trying to make the book perfect or as close to perfect as you can, which tends to be around like 95% or so. And the, the job after the first couple of drafts is to work constantly to make it better and better and better and better until it gets to that as good as it's going to get and as perfect as it can be point. So copping out on that by the done is better than perfect idea doesn't work for you once you get past the first couple of drafts. So the first couple of drafts, embrace that. Wow, yeah, it makes sense. That's some valuable information. So, you know, those listening to James, take note. Again, if you uh, have already been through this process or are just beginning this process of looking into, uh, you know, writing a book, these are some critical steps that you can take, uh, you know, moving forward that could potentially save you a lot of time. So, again, it's just to, you know, get it out there. And uh, we're going to be talking a a little bit more here, James, after the break. We're going to break here in about 20 Mm -hmm. seconds or so. But again, uh, you know, you're listening to uh, James Ranson. Again, he is the master wordsmith, uh, uh, Wall Street Journal bestselling editor, ghostwriter, and book coach. So we're getting some great wisdom here today. When we get back, we're going to be learning more about turning your book into sustainable success for your business. So we want to make sure that, you know, you come back. We're going to be going to break here for a couple minutes. But come right back. We got, uh, we're just getting started here. We got a wealth of information that James is going to share with us to take your book and your business to the next level. And you're listening to Sustainable Success. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. 
You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. You're uh, listening to, uh, to Turn Your Book into Sustainable Success for Your Business. We're here with the master wordsmith, James Ranson, uh, who was sharing his words of wisdom about how to go about turning your book into sustainable success for your business. Again, going over some of the process of what you could do to make that happen. You know, James, this is something that comes up quite a bit. We kind of alluded to this earlier uh, in the last segment. You know, a lot of us got a wealth of information and, you know, a lot of people are doing some great things in their business and have strong connections, but they just say that, God, you know, if I take time to write this book, it's going to take away from things that I do best. You know, talk about a little bit again about the options that people could take or process that they can take to really get their message out there, but without taking them away from what they do best. Absolutely. So there's a couple things that really fit into this here that that don't always get talked about when uh, business owners look into the idea of writing a book. Uh, The first one, frankly, is the question of whether your business is ready to support a book or not. And that's that's a more complicated question than it might sound like because a lot of the sort of marketing voices out in the self-publishing world today will say that, of course, your book is ready, or excuse me, your business is ready for a book. Uh, you just need to write the thing. And, and that's, I don't always agree with that because I think if your business is in a particular place that it can provide uh, financial support and strategy support and bandwidth support, for writing a book, then yeah, you can write one, but your business might not be there yet. So a great example is if you're just starting out, 
and you're still kind of in survival mode, like your business is, is picking up, but it's not quite to a point where you are, you know, you're, you're still living paycheck to paycheck a little bit. Maybe you still have your day job. Maybe you have another side hustle. Um, but all of the, all of the revenue that your business comes in goes right back out again, either to your living expenses or just keeping the business afloat. Honestly, if you're in survival mode, don't write a book yet because you're going to, you're going to take time away from the activities that you need to do just to keep your business surviving and growing to try and create something that the business really isn't ready to, uh, to support yet. So, you know, if once you are out of this paycheck to paycheck survival mode, then you can start thinking about writing a book and start working up to writing a book. But, you know, I would say wait until you have a, your business is to a point where firstly you have the financial resources to both run the business and invest in in good professional help for your book uh without undercutting either of those things for, uh, for the sake of the other one. Uh two, that your business has a strategy to it that will support the book and that you know how you're going to use the book to grow your business. So it's not, hey, I'm going to write a book because I feel like I'm supposed to or because someone told me I had to have one. It's more like, okay, I'm going to write a book because I want to drive traffic to this particular initiative that I'm doing or I want to grow my speaking gigs in this way or I want to connect with new clients who relate to this particular message. And so you have this strategy that specifically connect the book to how the business is going to grow. Uh, so if you don't have that yet, then writing a book probably won't help you very much. And then the last question, which is what you were starting, the last thing, which is what you were starting to allude to is time and bandwidth. If you're spending 24 seven or, or, you know, all 40, 50, 80 hours, however much you're working on your business, if you're spending all of that time, just making sure the business is running, then you don't have time to sit and write a book and that's okay. So there's, there's two things that I would say to do here. One, be willing to wait. Frankly, if, if your business isn't ready to support a book yet, then don't write a book yet. Put another year into growing your business. You know, put another you know, 6, 12, 18 months into getting your business to a point where it can support a book and where it can use that book to its best advantage to create sustainable success. Uh, so that's the first thing I would advise here. <clears throat> now, the second thing is, you know, let's say you've already gotten to that point where you, you're making the, you have the financial resources that you need, you have a great strategy, but you're, you're still very busy with the business. You don't have a lot of time to just sit down and write. Now, in this situation, usually this is when you've kind of gotten up into, into CEO land or COO land where, you know, there, everything's operating at a very high level, but you are still responsible for making sure that it does that. And very often what I will suggest in that situation is to work with a ghostwriter. And again, there can sometimes be some ego and some fear around that choice where someone will say, you know, but this is my business and it's my book. I have to be the one to write it. And as much as I usually encourage people to do their own writing, in this situation, I would would gently encourage you to to, to ask yourself, what is more important here? that the book be written really, really well by the right person to do it or that that person has to be me. I don't think it has to be you. I think there are some circumstances where it would actually work a lot better to work with a, a ghostwriter, a master wordsmith, if you will, uh, who does 
who can work with you, who has both the skill set and writing that you need, but also the bandwidth to focus on that so that you're not taken out of your business. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, those were some things that when I was, I know personally when I was writing my book, I mean, on some level, I kind of kind of knew about that, but I really didn't. I didn't have really access mm-hmm. to those resources. I didn't know you at the time. And, and you know, these were some things that probably would have been probably the best route to go because me being a mm-hmm. speaker and not so much a writer, I could have saved myself a lot of time where if I was able to articulate the core of my message and really the feeling of what that is and the experience that, you know, a good ghostwriter could pick up on that and really turn that, you know, you know, where it could connect with the audience, but it really was still coming from you, not necessarily Mm -hmm. from them. They're just basically taking your information, but still putting it away that it, that it's still heartfelt coming from you. It's not. Absolutely. uh, Yeah. So expand on that because I, I guess as, there's there's an art to oh, that. I guess you know, being a writer. Well, I guess there's an art to that being a writer. So yeah, I like to expand on that for 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 the ghostwriting part. Yeah, of course. So I, I love that you're talking about this in context of speaking because you know there are a lot of speakers probably listening to this who uh, either have a book or need a book or need another book or are thinking about a book. Uh, and, and as we discussed at the beginning of the show, being a speaker with a book is going to help your business quite a bit in a number of ways. Now, the nice thing about being a speaker is that you're good at speaking. So you, you may have heard of this idea of speaking your book. And I, I write about this a little bit in Don't Write a Crappy Book, that there's kind of like done is better than perfect. There's a good side to that and there's a bad side to that. And the good side to that is when you are good at speaking, you can very easily dictate content. You can take a, a speech that you've worked on and, and work with a ghostwriter like me to work it into a book. Uh, you, can, uh, you can also just have the ghostwriter interview you, and then you will speak through all of the content that you, that you want to be in the book and then have the ghostwriter turn that into the book. Now, the, the positive thing about that is that it allows you to play to your strengths. It allows you to work in an area that you're comfortable with, that you can do very easily, and that you can do very well uh, without taking a whole bunch of extra time to learn something else that is not you know, in your skill set or in your wheelhouse. Now, the flip side to that, that that can sometimes turn around and hurt you is the idea that all you have to do is just speak the book, and then you have a finished book. And that that doesn't actually work because uh, the way that you speak and the way that you want to communicate in writing are very, very different. Uh, very often, there will be things that get left out the first time you go through and you need to, re- you need to go back and say, hey, the- I need to expand this or I need to change this or I need to, to say this differently. Um, and-, and so what ends up happening or what can end up happening is that you wind up with a, a draft that you just spoke into your dictation or, or to the person who's interviewing you, and then that you think that's your finished book, and, and it's not. I, I'll just be very upfront. That is not a finished book. That's a first draft. And, you know, like the first draft that you might write, done is better than perfect. Obviously, you want to get it done so that you can then start making it better. But the ghostwriter that you work with or the editor that you work with is going to take that first draft or that that amount of content that you that you dictated <coughs> excuse me and they are going to turn that into the finished product that 
that you will actually be proud to say, yeah, this is my book. This is going to represent my business. This is what I'm going to sell from the stage, you know, for the next five, 10 years. So if you want to speak your first draft, that can be a huge time saver and a huge way to make this process easier for you. If you just want to speak the first draft and then call that your finished book, again, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Gotcha. So it's a good first step, but not an overall thing for, you know, completing the book itself. You still want to have somebody come in and kind of, because like you said, you know, speaking and writing can be, you know, it can sometimes can be two different things. You might, you might speak it, but it might be interpreted or perceived differently in in words. So obviously Mm -hmm. sometimes it takes somebody that really understands what was spoken and then put on paper that, that when you talk it through with someone, they can make sure that it obviously articulates exactly what you really yep. meant so it can be perceived. So that makes sense. So, Yeah, so. absolutely. And, and as, as speakers, I know you know, the, you know the, the percentages of impact that come from how you, how you present yourself. It's something like you know, 70% is how you look, and then 20% is how you sound, and then 10% is what you say. If you just dictate content, and then you try to use that, you're basically taking 10% of your entire presentation and trying to make it substitute for the, for the entire 100%. And that's never going to work well. But when you work with the ghostwriter and you work with the editor, they can infuse that 10% with the spirit and the voice and the approach of the other 90% so that it jumps off the page as if, as if it were someone watching you on the stage. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, in terms of like when we look at, you know, ghostwriting, you know, what would typically work best in, in ghostwriting? You know, obviously, if it would it be for like if we're talking about speakers or experts that have certain types of content that solve problems or, you know, help somebody, would you consider that to be, you know, really or what if there was somebody that uses, uh, you know, maybe stories or maybe maybe it's it's fiction, you know, maybe perhaps it's a fictional base. They use it, you know, like a, a fictional story to kind of get their point across. I mean, would, would it matter if a ghostwriter either or if approaching it that way or, or would it be one way or the so other? Every, so every ghostwriter is going to be a little bit different. Uh, okay. Just like every editor, every designer, et cetera, are going to be a little bit different, which is frankly why just finding someone that you have a really good fit with is so important. Because, you know, if you fit really well with this professional, then you guys will click, you'll be on the same page, and you'll be able to work together very easily. And if you don't feel like it's a good fit, you're probably going to be butting heads. And one of you is going to end up resenting the other one uh, for some reason, if not, if not both of you. So, so the first thing I would just say to that is finding a ghostwriter who fits really well with you is going to be hugely important. So to, to answer your question more specifically, if you want to have a narrative element to your book, that's awesome. Stories are amazing. I have a whole chapter in Don't Write a Crappy Book on, on how not telling stories is a huge mistake. So having a narrative or a story type of element, whether that's a fictional thing that you make up to represent the, what yep. you're trying to teach or whether that's stories from your experience, your client's experience or something along those lines or some combination thereof, Stories are going to help your book so much, no matter you know, which way you want to approach it. So I will say that. But the other thing I'll say is, as a ghostwriter personally, I love putting narrative elements into my, into my author's books. I, I can point to a number of books that I've written where we've either 
the client has had a story that they want to use to bring through, like to, to, to follow through the text where in each chapter their, uh, their fictional hero or heroine uh, has to deal with a, one of the problems that their business helps solve. And so each chapter is a new challenge that the reader gets to find out how to, how to master. Uh, I love doing that. Uh, that was super fun. And then other times, it's, uh, it, it is a story that, uh, that addresses problems or that addresses questions or, or that is the client talking about their own story. And I personally love doing that. I, I love to read fiction. I don't actually edit it, but I love to read it. And so bringing some elements of a, of a story, of an adventure, of a hero's journey or something like that into a book is phenomenal. I love doing that, and I think it works really, really well. I think it can be very, very helpful. So if that's something you're interested in, including in your book, find a ghostwriter who works like that or who enjoys doing that and having that be part of what they do. No, that makes total sense. And like I said, I mean, you know, it's also, like you said, having that synergy, you know, making sure that, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they're, that you're able to align with one another because that would be very important because communication plays an important role here. Obviously, with the ghostwriter really intentively listening to the 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 expert to make sure that mm-hmm. he or she is capturing, you know, all that information because now it's up to them now to take that core information and then start building content around it that becomes the book, and uh, so that's exactly. so important. Yep. And what and, happens there? <laughs> and what happens there? I know we're I know we're coming up on a break. I'll have one. Yeah, yeah. Don't go what ahead. happens we, we, there? We have le- we have is, less than a uh, minute and a half. We have about a minute and a half. So go ahead. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So what happens there when that works really well? When you have the the expert author and the professional ghostwriter, book coach, editor, whichever, um, and they fit together really well, the relationship or the results of the relationship become exponential. It's literally like one plus one equals three, or uh, it, it, is, it goes beyond basic math because you have, you as the author, you have your skill set, and I as the ghostwriter or the editor, I have my skill set, and together we are able to create something that is bigger and more powerful and clearer and more commanding and more helpful for your business than either of us could have done by ourselves, and that is what you're aiming for. Oh, yeah. Very, very important. Very, very important. So if you can, in about 20 seconds, you know, sum up everything that we talked about for the listeners right here about, you know, ghostwriting, just something really concise to the point that I think is just going to resonate everything that you talked about in this segment. So first thing, make sure that your business is ready to support your book in terms of, of finances, in terms of strategy, and in terms of time. And then once you are at that place, go and find the book professional that fits really well with your personality, with your business, with your experience, and with your goals and desires for the book. You do those two things, you will be on your way. Perfect. Perfect. Again, folks, you're listening to uh, James, James Ranson, the master wordsmith. Turn your book into sustainable success for your business. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. 
Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. Uh, Again, we're here with James Ranson, the master wordsmith. Turn your book into sustainable success for your business. We were talking about the value of ghostwriting and what that can mean uh, in taking your book to the next level uh, for your business or area of expertise. So that leads me to uh, getting into uh, this next question, James. And this is something I guess... You know, anybody that's written a book or planning to write a book and they're like, wow, I, you know, I want to be a best-selling author. And I've heard that my friend became a best-selling author and this person became a best-selling author on Amazon. Really, you know, when you think about bestseller, would that be something to consider as a main focus writing a book? Honestly, no. And, wow. and this is one All area right. where I, I, I go against a lot of the grain and a lot of the, the, the general direction of the self-publishing industry today and over the last few years. So here's, here's the thing about being a bestseller. If you become a New York Times bestseller or a Wall Street Journal bestseller, that means you've sold several thousand books, usually at full price and uh, on over a number of different uh, outlets, a number of different stores within, you know, a month or so. Uh, and that's pretty impressive. That's actually, that's very impressive. And if you can get a book to do that, I mean, that's great. You, that, that is an accolade that you can say, all right, I am a best-selling author. My book made the New York Times list or the Wall Street Journal list or the USA Today list. Uh, the problem is 
when most people hear the word bestseller, what they're actually talking about is becoming an Amazon bestseller. And there are several very important differences between becoming an Amazon bestseller and becoming a New York Times bestseller. So Amazon bestseller, you need to sell more books in any category than the other books in that category in an hour. So you can, you know, if, if, there are, uh, if there's another book in your category that has sold five books that hour and then your book sells six books that hour, then, hey, you're a number one bestseller in that category. That is not the same as selling thousands of books. Um, so, so there's that difference. Another difference is that uh, oftentimes Amazon book launches will be done in such a way that people will make their books free or maybe 99 cents or as inexpensive as possible and then try to promote them so heavily that just, you know, hundreds or thousands of people just download these free or 99 cent books on the same day to kind of game the Amazon system and say, hey, I got to number one in a much higher category. I got to, you know the top 100 in the Amazon, the whole Amazon store or something like that. And, the, you know, okay, yes, you did that. But then once you stop promoting it and you stop making it free, then it just falls right back down again because people stop buying it. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure everyone listening to this has had a friend or a friend of a friend message them and say, hey, my book is coming out on such and such a day. I'm going to make it free. Just download it so it can become a bestseller. And then maybe you do, but do you ever actually read that book? Do you, do you ever actually like, you know, get the benefit out of that book that, uh, that the author may have written it for? Or do you just, just download it and then forget about it? So the, the point here is that if you want to become a New York Times or a Wall Street Journal bestseller, great. Go hire a, a, a premium book marketer or book marketing company to help you do that. And, you know, you'll pay quite a bit of money for it, but you can get there. Uh, if you just want to be an Amazon bestseller, that's fine, but recognize that that is not the same and that it doesn't actually really say anything about the quality of your book or the impact that it has on your audience. And it's not a reliable metric to build success for your business on because, you know, nobody is going to care that a whole bunch of people randomly downloaded your book. They're going to care about how the book actually helped them and, and help them uh, solve their problem, grow their business, fix whatever pain that they have. And that's a much, much different way of looking at book success than just saying, you know, I got 2,000 free downloads on a particular day. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you think about it, you know, you're not going out there talking about your book. Hey, I got a bestseller, you know, well, what does that mean to me? <laughs> you know, so you know, and if I'm serving, it is a mark of, it is a mark of authority or a mark of credibility, or at least it has been. I am one of the reasons that I wrote this book. And, and one of the reasons that I work the way that I do is that I really want to stand against that. I want, if someone is going to be a best-selling author, I want that to be because they wrote a really amazing book and that a lot of people then bought that book because it's really amazing. Um, yes. So, you know, there's, there's this concept of sort of deserving what you want. If you really want to be a bestseller, the first thing you need to do is write a book that deserves to be a bestseller because it's that damn good. And then if it happens to become a bestseller in any way, then, you know, that's icing on the cake. But the point is that you just wrote a really good book to begin with. And here's the other thing that goes with that. If you are writing a book for your business, you're not going to make the money that you want to make by selling that book. 
being a bestseller isn't going to make you back the investment that you put into the book, let alone, you know, grow your business over the next year or two, or two years or five years. Frankly, you're probably going to make more money giving that book away than you are going to make selling it. Because um, one of the, I, I interviewed a number of people for Don't Write a Crappy Book uh, who are also book experts, and one of them, uh, Sean Roach, you may know, uh, said something that I, I always come back to around this. He said, you know, if I had to choose between having my book be in front of 100 people who are my ideal client, who I know would love to work with me, who I know that I can help, and having it be in front of 10,000 or even 100,000 people who I don't know, who are just random people that may or may not have bought my book, I would choose the 100 any day because I know that I can leverage those 100 people for solid business growth. And the 10,000, I have no guarantee of that. Yep. That's true. It might even be less because you'll only get a certain percentage of those, those the, the, the larger amount. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And absolutely. like you said, you, made, it, you so, made a very important point. Well, you made that important point about that, you know, the expectation is that I'm going to sell books and I'm going to make money from selling the books. No, the book, it's what you do with the book. So talk, yeah, talk a little bit more about that, what you do with the book that's going to make you, your business more successful. Absolutely. So this kind of goes back to having the strategy of how you're going to use the book in the business. If you just have sort of a a non-strategy of I'm just going to write a book for the heck of it or because I want to write one, or you have the basic book sales strategy of I'm going to write this book and it's going to turn into a passive income stream because I'm going to get so many sales, that's not really going to help your business the way that you would like it to or the way that, that you maybe think it will. The, the job of the, the book is to be an asset that you can leverage in very specific ways to bring more money into your, into your business. Now, that could be attracting the right kinds of clients who really want to work with you. And frankly, if you write a book for that reason, what you'll probably want to do is, is identify a hundred of those potential clients and just mail the book to them directly. Say, hey, I think this book could help you. If you know, you have you know, I've noticed you have this issue, and I address that issue on page fifty-seven. Um, you know, if you'd like to talk more, let's get on the phone. Um, so, so getting more or bigger or better clients could be a goal that a book can really help you support. If you're a speaker, um, a speaker with a book is going to get on bigger stages and more prestigious stages than a speaker without one. That's just kind of how things go right now. Um, and I will say, if you're a speaker, you actually can make money with book sales, but that's because your your model often is much more conducive to that. So you're selling a book for 20 bucks at the back of the room is going to get you a lot more money than selling it uh, for 99 cents on Amazon. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that as far as sales is concerned. Um, and there's any number of other ways that you can look at this. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're a trainer and you go and do a corporate training session, you can have the book be a benefit or a bonus that you get that gets handed out to everybody you train. And that's a benefit that not all trainers will provide. So that means you're more likely to get hired. Things like this. It is, it is not the, you know, publishing the book is not the end all goal here. It's what you're going to do with the book after you publish it uh, that is actually going to make you the money that you want and grow your business in the way that you want. And those are just three of, you know, a few dozen different ways that you could use that. Uh, makes sense. And so what would be, like I said, I mean, you, you talked about a little bit about 
you know, that let's say, for instance, that's the strategy they, they want to go about. Like, what would be some of the like other things with the book? I mean, obviously, they're giving the book away. This is ways to get maybe get more trainings, you know, open the door somewhere and, and so forth. So like giving it away. But like, let's say, for instance, they, you know, obviously there's going to be a cost for them. They have to buy the books and but but they have to look at the, what, what the return could be based upon giving that Absolutely. book away. So, okay, so let's say you're going to give the book to, you know, 50 people that you think could be good clients of yours. So that's 50 copies of a book that you're going to print out and ship to them. Let's say you're going to spend, you know, $5 on printing and shipping per book. So that's, you know, $2,500 that you're putting into into doing that. Um, Depending on what your price point is, that you're, you're a consultant, if you have a price point at, you know, $500 an hour, you need one of those 50 people to hire you for five hours to break even. Yep. Or let's say you have two of them hire you for five hours, then, you've got, then you, you have uh, a $2,500 profit. Or if you're a coach and you have a, pro, a mastermind program that you get people into and that pays, you know, it's, it's six months for, you know, uh, just do easy math here, it's six months for $500 a month or it's $2,500 for six months, okay, one client getting into that mastermind, then you've paid for your printing and shipping costs. And then two clients, three clients, four clients, that's how you can pay for your editing costs and your design costs and all the other things like that. And then once you get to that point that you get past that break, even anything that you get over that, not just this time you launch the mastermind or this time you, you book this client, but the next time and the time after that and the time after that for the next five years is profit. So, the, the ROI, you have to look at it in the long term. If you're trying to look at a book for short-term ROI, it's not going to look good. You're, if, for short-term ROI, you know, getting money back within the first you know, one to three months, maybe even three to six months, you, you're not going to see it because it's probably not going to be there, especially if you're only looking at book sales, but even if you aren't. But if you look at this as something that you are going to leverage for business growth, new clients, new speaking or gigs, new training opportunities, more people buying your courses, more people getting into your masterminds, you know, and more awareness of who you are at a higher level, more media appearances, all of these different things that a book can bring you. If you look at that in the long term, in the, certainly in the six to 12 months, but then also even more so in the 12 months, 24 months, 60 months timeframe, you are going to make so much more money in the long term by writing a really high quality book that you've invested in, in the short term. But if you just, you know, think, okay, I'm not going to make this money back in the first three to six months. So I better just, you know, yep. do it as quickly and cheaply as possible and cut corners and pinch pennies. Then you're, you're hamstringing yourself. You are literally shooting yourself in the foot before you run a marathon because no, writing it, the book it, is not the marathon. The marathon is after the book comes out and you use it to your business for the next five years. Yeah, long-term investment. I mean, if you're hearing what James is saying, this has got to be looked at long-term. So, you know, put put your put a lot of effort into the quality. Uh, James, I want to yeah. thank you today for this, all these words of wisdom and this knowledge about the process of turning your book into sustainable success for your business. And you know, listeners, there will be an on-demand version you can listen to uh, later today. So, James, if, let the audience know where they can find you to get more information I know you have your new book that, that just came out, uh, also where they can find it, and anything else you'd like to provide to the audience. 
Absolutely. So first and foremost, my website is jamesransom.com, and I'm assuming that will be in the show notes. Uh, you can click on that and learn more about my services, about the people that I've worked with, and, and the, the, you know, the nice things that some of them had to say about me. And if you're interested in having a conversation with me about possibly working together on a book, you can go to jamesransom.com forward slash consult. Uh, there's a little form to fill out, and then I will reach back out to you and say, hey, let's get on the phone and talk about you know, helping you write an amazing book. And speaking of an amazing book, or at least a not crappy book, uh, Don't Write a Crappy Book is live on Amazon right now, and the link for that will also be in the show notes, and that you can get that in ebook or in paperback. Uh, the audiobook will be coming out uh, early next year, so for those of you people who love audiobooks, you can have that to look forward to. Uh, but in the meantime, ebook is ready, paperback is ready, and I would love to, I'd love to have you read it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on what you learned from it, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, that's great, James. And we'll make sure that we put all those links again up for the on-demand version. Again, you're listening, you listen to James Ranson, the master wordsmith. We want to thank you, James. We also want to thank you, audience, as always, for joining in each and every Thursday and we wishing you a uh, prosperous rest of your week, and we'll see you next Thursday. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.